Welcome to your weekly accountability podcast with me, Alexis McCluskey, where we are more about implementation over absorbing information. Every week, I'll be in your ear to give you a kick in the ass you need to show up and identify what is out of your comfort zone. Here, we don't throw pity parties. We are in it for the long game and find the balance between grace and discipline. What makes this podcast different is after each episode, I'll share a post on my Instagram at the tough love coach with a question or challenge of the week for you to comment for accountability. And on Friday, I'll share a check in to see if you actually implemented what you learned because being inspired by a podcast is cute, but action is hotter. Totally optional, highly recommended. It's free accountability. I'm here to redefine what you see as tough love. So put on those big girl and boy panties and let's get real bitches. XOXO, your tough love coach. Yo, what is good? Happy Monday. I am so excited because I have a precious little angel friend who is just the sunshine in the room. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Um, Her and I, um, we met through a network marketing company. And I just remember when we worked together, she, I think we even had like awards one year for our team. And I'm pretty sure I gave her like the, the sunshine of the team or like the light of the team, because like, that's who she is and she's amazing and wonderful. And I'm so excited to have her. Um, so welcome Jess. I'm excited to have you. I'd love for you to just share about you, what you do, whatever you feel called to, and let the people know like who you are. Thanks, Alexis. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I was just thinking about you the other day because you sent me a gift one time for hitting like a, for hitting something in the company. And it it was a, it was a, like a thermos mug. And it says like, give me wine, write meow. And Glenn sometimes uses it for his coffee. <laughs> and I think it's hilarious. And I'm like, oh yeah, Alexis, thank oh you so God. much for keeping our coffee hot. <laughs> I love the, I love that you still have it. Like, that's great. You can't get rid of something like that. It's so good. It says, give me wine, write meow, because I'm into cats. So yeah, if you're, you're into cats. much a cat lady. I love it. <laughs> I do have a dog now, though. So we've come we've come around. We got a dog in Barbados, but. Oh, it's that same dog? I, for some reason, yeah. thought you were like, fostering it or something. Well, it was. It's a foster yeah. fail. Fail. That was, foster there's fail. no way I could be a foster. I tried. would every time. I would, I would keep everything. Yes. I, I tried and now she lives in Canada with me. So to give you a little bit of background on where, I don't even know where to start, but typically when it comes to this journey and this story of where I am right now and how we got here, it started in Barbados. So my husband got a project there. He was working on a construction project on the airport runway. And he was offered this position in November of 2019, where we were 29 and we were like, cool, we don't have kids. We're going to we're going to just, we're going to just do it. Like, this is a bucket list thing. You can't turn down an offer like this. And then we started to like live this really cool life of having a Caribbean life. And then I could travel home. I could have, you know, this business that I was building online and this brand that I was building online and do this like back and forth, beautiful life. I was like, this is the dream. This is so freaking cool. Wow. And then things happened March, 2020, you know, and it really stopped everything for us. We had to make the decision to either pack up our whole life and move essentially semi-permanently to Barbados because there was no travel back and forth or stay in Canada and, you know, not finish this project that Glenn had wanted to do for so long. And so we're like, you know what? We can suck it up. It'll probably be just a year. It won't be that bad. Let's just go. And so we packed up our whole life, including our cats and moved them to Barbados. And in the beginning, it wasn't so bad because again, nobody was traveling. So the virus didn't really hit the island and it really was okay. Again, I didn't have any friends. I did develop severe anxiety and started therapy while being away. But, 
you know what? It really wasn't that bad other than the fact that I couldn't travel home and I was stuck in a foreign country because, well, the whole world was shut down. But it started to get worse and worse and worse because I started to lose pieces of myself every month. I didn't have my driver's license down there, so I couldn't drive. I didn't have my banking accounts there because they use different banking down there. So I would literally have to ask my husband for money. I didn't have any friends. And well, we weren't really allowed to do anything. And for a really long time, we were stuck in our houses. You weren't allowed to leave your house. You'd go to jail. I don't know if they'd actually send you to jail, but that's just what they told us. You would would go to jail. I don't know. You could only go outside between the hours of 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. They were coming like door to door testing. Like it was very strict. And again, like it's a small knit community so if it got in it's going to spread really fast down there and they don't have the same resources that a lot of places have so I do understand why they had these things in place but it just started to like take a toll on me like I wasn't allowed to go outside even though I had anxiety and I couldn't I also wasn't allowed and then add on top of that we had a volcanic eruption we had their first hurricane it was just like a wild wild season and with each thing that happened I just lost another piece of myself and I would spend days and days and days crying on the floor. But then I'd pull it together when my husband came home because he was working 12, 16 hour days, literally seven days a week. He was working all the time. And I would pull it together when he came home because I didn't want him to know how bad it was for me. And I didn't tell my family because I didn't want them to worry about me. I literally just kept it to myself. And I built this fake ass brand online that nobody knew that I was struggling. And it wasn't until I got home and I was like, everything's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna get back to Canada, have my car again. Like, you know, COVID's better. It's not that bad. We'll be, we'll all be good. Everything will be good. And I got home and everything wasn't good. I still felt like crap. I started to realize that I left a piece of me back in Barbados and even a piece of me before pre-COVID. And I just couldn't figure out how to find myself again and feel good showing up online and building a business and doing all these things that just like none of it felt aligned. And actually when I was in Barbados, I felt this like little whisper in my ear to start a podcast. And I was like, ha ha ha, no one's going to listen. Like, I don't have anything to say, which now I guess looking back, I think is really funny, but I always just thought that I had nothing to say who was going to listen, but the voice just kept like poking in my ear, like you should start a podcast and it's going to be about confidence. And I'm like, I have no confidence. What the F are you talking about? But I just got to the point where I was so low that I decided to start a podcast when I had no confidence about finding my confidence again. And it's called Selfish Confidence. And I started this project called The Year of Confidence. And people are like, where'd you get that idea? I made it up. It's not a real thing. It's just something I made up, probably inspired from The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. But just like I just made it up. I had different tasks that I do every month. And I started to share about it on the podcast and started to share about what I was going through. And I learned a lot of people were feeling the same way as me. You didn't have to have this big traumatic island experience to lack confidence. Most women lacked confidence just on their own. And the pandemic only made that 10 times worse for everybody. And so as I started to do this and share it, I was like, you know what? I should start a business with this because that's how my brain works. My brain always goes to, oh, start a cool hobby. Great. It's going good. Why not make a business out of it? That's just what we do. And I built this business around confidence coaching and helping women develop confidence to be themselves, to follow them, their hearts. And essentially it grew into a business to help women live unconventional lives. So that could be anything, whether you're a single parent or recently divorced or an entrepreneur or, you know, child-free, there's so many different avenues for this. And it just helped people to 
live their life truly as themselves. And that's really what got me here to hanging out with Alexis on this podcast. It was just showing up as authentically me and bringing people along for the ride. (laughs) I love that. I like knew some of that, but of course, like you said, there was a lot of stuff that you you know, had kept to yourself. So I didn't didn't tell anyone. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's crazy. Like, and not crazy as in like, nobody else does that, but like, because I'm, there's so many people that do, but crazy that you were able to, to, to do it. But obviously there was a point where you were like, I can't fake it anymore. And I think that happens for everybody when we notice we have a mask and I'm, I'm so so glad, you know, this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because it's in my bio. One of the things that I feel like I, I, embody and I try to help entrepreneurs with is is this this like unapologetic like confidence of I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna figure it out anyway and I'm gonna make things happen and so I'm curious um there's so many questions I want to ask you well before we even get to this just so people like know what like obviously you have a podcast what do you do is it just like is it just a podcast do you have I think you said you have like coaching now like what exactly what is what what do you consider as your label for like your title you know what i mean it's a mixture of everything but also i've been really trying to pinpoint it down because i only have so much in my brain and i only have so much in my tank and i want to be really specific on what those things are so yes i have a podcast it all started with my podcast which has grown into one-on-one coaching group programs Um, I also have a membership community called the Selfish Sisterhood and it retreats and events. So next year is actually the first year I'm hosting my very first big event for 200 women to come together. Uh, So like, it's kind of like, those are my main focuses when it comes to business. I I love that. That's exciting though. Oh my gosh. It's so so exciting. I'm so proud of you. And like, for those of you that don't, I mean, like, how would everybody know our relationship? (laughs) I don't know. Why, why wouldn't they know that? Yeah, I know. Um, but like I mentioned that Jess and I had done network marketing together. Um, but uh, I like, I've just watched her grow her business when we did no network marketing and fitness and nutrition and saw like, again, this light that she had and the things that she was doing. And so like, I feel like a little proud, like mama bear, <laughs> like that, like, you know, watched you do your thing. And now the fact that like, you're doing your own things when you do network marketing, like you, you know, you, you're your own brand if you do it the right way, but you know, you're still a part of a company. And so to like, have you do your own thing. And like the fact that you're like retreats and events and the podcast and all the things. And I think it's really interesting too. I don't know if this is, you know, what this means, but I'm, I'm just thinking about it. Um, my, one of my mentors who makes like ridiculous amount of money, she's super successful, super successful podcast, like successful in every aspect of the word. She actually, cause what most people do is they'll start something and then start a podcast, but she started a podcast first. Nobody knew she was. And then she like grew it into something. So you could be the next her, you know, you're going to be the next you, but like, it's, it's interesting. I think it's really cool when someone can start a podcast from like ground zero essentially, and then turn that into something. I think that's harder than doing it the other way around. Just saying. So you're awesome. Yeah, I would agree. It probably is. I did feel like I had some brand recognition when I started too, just because we had built a network marketing business. So you did have some like you know, online, you know, presence already. So that did help. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of like the backwards way of doing it. And at that point too, when I first started, I was still doing network marketing. I had this like feeling in my stomach that I didn't want to do it anymore, but I was like, Oh no, like, I don't want to disappoint all these people. 
that that's like but, the hardest thing like and yeah. not even like a podcast episode that I want to make about that and like because I there's nothing wrong with network marketing I think but just when you decide like because people grow like people leave regular jobs all the time. You're mm-hmm. a teacher mm-hmm. and you work there for a few years and you leave, you work at a restaurant, you are a dentist, like people leave all the time. But when you're in network marketing and there's like a team and you spend all this time with people, it can be really scary to leave because you feel like you're letting everybody down, but you, you have to do what feels good for you. And as we grow and evolve and we, we align with something new, like that has to, that has to be what's at the forefront. And obviously for myself, for you, and for a lot of other people that I know, the minute we decided to leave all these opportunities and things have happened ever since then. So I, I love that. Um, something I was going to ask is like, cause obviously I, the fact that you started a podcast about confidence when you didn't have confidence about your journey to find confidence <laughs> is like so badass to me. And so there's, I talk a lot about fear on this podcast and, and becoming fearless and, 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 and all the things fear of failure, fear of success. And so I know a lot of people struggle with like imposter syndrome and the fear of starting something and it not working out. But like that, what you did is like a whole new level of fear because it's like, I'm going to talk about something that I don't quite have just yet, but I'm going to talk about, I'm going to show you my Mm -hmm. journey. So is there anything you can attribute to like, because we all have these thoughts, even when we have fear, when we finally, something clicks or something happens where we're like, okay, I've been fearful this entire time, but now all of a sudden I'm going to decide to make the decision. Was there like any moment or thing that happened for you or was it the accumulation? Like, what was the thing that kind of made you go, I'm going to do this anyway? Oh, interesting. Okay. It's so funny that you say that because like, I didn't realize that it was badass until looking back at where I was. And I was like, Oh girl, like you <laughs> killed it. Um, but I didn't realize that when I was doing it, I just bought a mic and I was like, let's go. And I signed up for a course that taught me how to do it. And I was like, cool. But looking back now at Jess of two years ago, <laughs> putting her story out there for the first time, I was really scared to put, finally put out there what actually happened, mostly for my parents. I was like, they're going to find out that I was really struggling And that really scared me, but I got to the point where I didn't want to live like that anymore. I didn't want to live in fear. I didn't want to live behind the scenes. I didn't want to just like, you know, mosey through life. I really wanted to put it out there and be really me. And I knew that this was the way to do it. Get a mic. Some people are going to listen. And again, I'm super into human design. I love and learning that about myself as learning as a projector. I'm like, okay, I'll put my voice out there on a mic and put it out there. Some people are going to listen and some people aren't. And for some reason that made it easier for me because people had to make the choice to come and listen. They had to make the choice to press play. And if they wanted to stay and listen, cool. And if they didn't, they could leave. And that just felt easier for me. I don't know why than social media. And so I just kept putting it out there and people kept coming and that was just really cool. So learning my human design for me was one. And then now that I know a lot more about it and I do readings for people and I really use it as a tool to help people have more confidence by knowing their human design, I have a three, five in my chart and that is all about trial and error. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense that I would just buy a mic and try it out and yeah, it might not work out for me, but I'm going to try it anyway. And you could tell me, so someone who has a three, five in their chart, you could tell them like, oh, you shouldn't start a podcast. You know, it's oversaturated and nobody will listen and blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm going to have to do it anyway because I have to know for myself. And so now looking back, I'm like, oh, I was just, you know, living by my design. But in the moment, it was just trying something new 
and seeing if it will work. And so what if you try it and you don't like it and you fail or so what if you, you know, fail and everybody watches you fail, like whatever, at least you tried. It's way better than sitting at home on the couch watching Netflix and being like, oh, I wish. Oh, must be nice. Like that is fucking dumb. Like that must be nice. Energy is dumb. Okay, you can do it. It's really not that hard. Amazon, you can get a mic for like 20 bucks. You can do it. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know that you were that into human design. I would like could totally Love it. see you as a as a projector. I've learned so much about it in <laughs> yes. years. Um, and in my uh one on one program, my friend who's a like a you're Crystal Courier, you should probably. Oh probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. was on my podcast talking about human design a oh, long yeah. time ago. Yeah, she's. I'm gonna have her on on the podcast to talk about it because she's actually in my one on one program. Like when you work with me, because I know human design, but I don't have an interest in getting like certified mm-hmm. in it. Um, and so when you work with me, you get like a session with her, and like oh, so, so cool. It's great because she gives me those notes, and I can know how to coach my clients based off of their human design. Because I think of all the things that we did, like all the personality tests and Myers mm-hmm. astrology and Enneagram. To me, human design is so freaky accurate it's yes wild and so like you saying that you have the three in your profile like that's all the because the, the three is the trial and error one right mm-hmm. okay yeah mm-hmm. it's like just we gotta just figure figure that shit out so I love that you brought that up because I think that like we don't always need to go find the next thing to give us the answers but I do believe that if you're someone who's kind of like struggling a bit with like where to go or what to do or like needing clarity, doing some, doing something like getting a human design reading or learning more about it, I think can just give you a little bit of guidance and you can trust that it's not just like somebody that you find on social media that says, here's how to be successful. This is like literally based off of you and how, where, where and so when you were cool. born. It's like, it's super cool. So, and I, I like too, that you don't have to like, cause Enneagram is cool too. Myers-Briggs cool. But like, you have to answer a lot of questions about yourself and I don't be, my answers change every day. Okay. I yeah. might want French fries today, but I'm going to want tacos tomorrow. Like it's just going to change. So like, I like that it's based on one thing, time, place. Like I can't mess up this test. Like this is accurate. Yes. And I love that. Same as like your Zodiac sign, right? You can't mess exactly. it up. Yeah, that's why I say human design is just astrology on crack. That's all of it. <laughs> no, I love that's it. What I call it. Um, <laughs> but I think what like, and you can tell me if like this doesn't resonate, but like it sounds like for you too. And I was just, ta- I don't know if I was talking about this on a mastermind call or something today. Um, but oh, I was on a podcast earlier, and she was asking like, you know how did I get to the point where I decided to start like running my business when I was like going through homelessness and all this stuff. And, and like, was there anything that like changed for me or like, how can someone else do it? And what I said was, unfortunately, there are, there are a few things, but unfortunately the one thing that I think was the biggest factor for me was I hit my rock bottom. There was no other way to go. When you hit rock bottom, the only way is up. And so I got to a point where like, I think a lot of people don't get uncomfortable enough. You do don't hit that rock bottom. So it's not bad enough that you have no other choice. So it sounds to me, I don't know again, if that resonates or not, but it sounds to me like you kind of just got to the point where there was no, you could, you can't turn left or right. It's like, there's only one way to go. Like, do you feel like that was kind of a part of it as well? Yeah, I hope I hope that was my rock bottom because I don't want to go back down. Oh, <laughs> uh, same, same. I don't want to ever hit a rock. I don't. Bottom. I, don't I think but, you can get to a point where, like, yeah, you 
have enough tools and not that like you're, you know, bulletproof, but like you have enough tools that like, even if you've been depressed before, even if you've had severe anxiety before, you have enough tools to not let you fall so far back down. You have enough support and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Like good, hopefully, but hopefully fingers crossed, but it was definitely a really, really, really dark season for me. And I think hiding it made it darker, Mm -hmm. which I don't, I didn't think about. I was like, oh, I just don't, I want to make everyone else feel more comfortable. So I'm just not going to tell anyone, but it was, it was a really dark, dark season. Um, and just like, like mentally and even physically, I think physically I was at my fittest because I had no life other than to work out, but mentally it was just so dark. And literally my only friend from Barbados is my 60 year old neighbor and her four dogs. So, which I still love. So love her. She listens to this. Love you, Anna. Love your dogs. Um, she's the reason I have a dog, but she was my only friend. Yeah, and that's uh, for a whole year. Yeah, that's a, really that's sad. Hot. Yeah, like really, virtual it, friends are one thing, but like I've experienced that. Like now, since I've moved to Colorado, like making friends is one of the reasons why I love Colorado. Has been so easy. I have like mm-hmm. I feel like I've gained like probably seventy friends since I've moved here. But like when I first moved here and I was not being as social, like yeah, you have friends and you can text them, but like. It, having friends in person, like there's community is just really important. And I think this is hopefully a reminder to anybody that is like isolating themselves or like feeling maybe that they, you don't want to share things because they're protecting other people. Like that is only going to amplify the problem. And you might have to share something that makes you uncomfortable, but it's going to be like the springboard that's going to launch you out of, or hopefully be one of the things that can launch you out of that like dark space. Cause it's, it's not fun. And I've been there before. Um, so another thing I'm curious about is like, obviously you started a podcast, like with nothing, essentially not like nothing, like you're <laughs> no, nothing. a person, but like, <laughs> like you're starting from, you know, bare bones and you're just figuring it out. What, what did you do to like help yourself, like your creative process when you're kind of like figuring out, like, I don't even really know what to do. Like, how did you plan content or like episodes? Like, what was your process essentially. Mm, I think we compare ourselves to a lot of people, especially other people who we see as successful, how many episodes they're doing or what they're talking about or all of those things. And it's, it's hard to put your blinders on, especially in the beginning, because you're trying to figure out what you want to talk about and what you want to do and all the things I signed up for a course from someone who I really admired and how they podcasted and taught me from launch like from idea to launch in like six weeks. I didn't really have time to think about anything other than like put it out there. So she would teach you things like, you know, how to get your, you know, audio done and all these things that of course you can figure out with YouTube or you can figure out with anything. You do not have to sign up for a course, but for me, it just helped. Pardon? You said it does make it easier though. When you it, just yeah, it just show you what to do. It just helped me to like actually stay accountable, not just buy the mic and put it on my shelf, which someone listening right now, you probably have done that. You bought a mic, you said you want to start the podcast and it's sitting on your shelf and you're just like someday, but doing the course held me accountable that like actually put it out there. And in that, I met a lot of people in the podcasting world that helped me to kind of like start learning how to interview and all of those things. So it did push me along a lot faster. But what I've learned is by watching other people, I get really like fascinated with how people podcast. Oh my gosh, like you plan out like a whole month or like you plan out like your whole quarters, like wild to me. I very much work best on the fly. I, you know, might have a couple weeks ahead. That is a max for me. I recently 
just realized I was starting to burn myself out with podcasting too and went from two episodes to one episode a week. It's really just finding what works best for you and flowing with that. It doesn't have to have any comparison to how other people do it, how long their episodes are, which we get caught up in. You just have to figure out what works best for you. And again, human design is actually really cool for that too. But you just kind of like go with what works for you. So my creative process is on the fly. I put the mic in front of me and I let it flow. I'll get the idea in the shower and I actually do work best by not thinking too much about it and letting it flow. Sometimes I'm a little, I am woo woo, but I know you are too. So you're on board with this. I will like grab my crystals and I'll say a little prayer before I start, because I do believe part of it does come from some channeling work. And I'm just like, spirit, use me. Come on, come on out. And it just like, you can go and listen to some of my episodes and you're gonna be like, you actually really didn't think that through. And I'll be like, No, I didn't because I truly do believe the message is going to come out the way it's supposed to. I do some editing, of course. I will screen a lot of my guests, especially mostly because from like not great experiences, like you learn along the way, trial and error. And so I learn to be a little bit more picky with my guests or learn to be a little bit more picky on what topics I bring on. And that just comes from doing it. But that really is like my creative process. And I will think of questions before I have guests come on. And I will think of like a bit of a framework, but for the most part, it's on the fly. And it's whatever I feel like the message is that's needed right now. Because what I need to hear is often what the audience or someone out there or the person listening needs to hear. Like we're very connected in that sense. And I think that's kind of the cool thing that I can be so connected because I'm in it too. Like I'm trying to find my confidence too. So like, cool. Yeah. I, I'm the, I'm the same way with my creative process. Like I, I like to, sometimes I'll have episodes and I will be able to, like, I get the ideas and I'll just type out a bunch of stuff. I never like really like script it, but I do think that when we allow, and I, and being, I feel like being any being that's not a sacral being like projectors, reflectors, or manifestors, I feel like we just, I don't know. There's something about it that we just like let fly. And I feel like because generators and manifesting generators are kind of like, they go, go, go. And they like plan things and whatnot. I feel like it's like, I don't know, a little bit of a different, different energy. Um, I'm also curious how you did the switch or not how, how you did it, but was there anything that made you make the, not the switch, I guess, but adding everything else that you're doing, like coaching, like was you doing the podcast and you had people ask you for that? Like you had already been, you'd already knew how to coach people because of what we did with network marketing. But, um, was there anything that made you go, okay, I'm ready to like take these things to the, to the next level or add this to what I'm already doing? Oh, good question. I, I had been podcasting probably for like three months at that point. And I was still again, doing network marketing at that point. And I offered something when I was in network marketing called like a lifestyle mentorship. So it was like helping people figure out how to have the right, healthy lifestyle. And it it was a lot of work on my part for what I was getting in return. It was not great. And once I started to learn that, I was like, why am I doing it like this? Why not offer like weekly confidence coaching sessions with people. And that's where it really started was just a few people who had been working with me in the space of health and fitness who wanted to work with me more. And I was like, okay, cool, let's do this. And it started from there. And I started to put it on my podcast that I was taking one-on-ones and stuff like that. And it just built into having, you know, a good chunk of one-on-one people. But I also learned that you can't really scale one-to-one and you can't really, you know, make 
a lot of money doing only one-to-one. So that's when I started to learn, like to bring a few other things in. So then we added in some group coaching and then we added in, you know, uh, in-person events or like little things along the way. It wasn't just like a, Hey, I'm starting and I'm going to do one-on-one and I'm going to do group and I'm going to do all the things like, no, it almost like phased in as I phased out my network marketing life. I phased in some of these things that I knew I could handle like one-to-one is where I thrive, especially as a projector where I can just, you know, focus like this, hanging out with you. If there was six other people here, I'd have like a really hard time. It's just you and me here, even though I know there's tons of people listening, but like when we're recording this, it's just you and me. And that makes it really easy for me. So I fit in things that worked well for me and what I knew I could do well in. And then I added things in as I felt called to. And again, I like listen to that whisper. So for me, I have splenic authority. I listen to that whisper and I'm like, oh, okay. I should book a place for a retreat. Cool. And then I did it and then it sold out. And I was like, okay, you should do it again. Okay. And I just like, and I make it sound like it's really easy. It's not that easy, but I just phased in what I could handle. And when I couldn't handle it anymore, I got help on board. You know, I hired a VA. Like I just, oh yeah we kind of builds to what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I think what like you're mentioning is what I say with like this kind of work really more so speaking to like kind of people that do coaching. Um, You could probably apply it to a lot of entrepreneurial things, but like it's not easy, but it's simple. It gets to mm-hmm. be simple. It can be simple, but it's not easy. And there's a, there's a big difference. A lot of people think that they're, they're similar, but they're not. And I love that you talking about, you talked about how you kind of phased it in because this is what I talk about all the time. Like action breeds confidence. And we're constantly, I work with a lot of people who procrastinate due to um, imposter syndrome or needing to know all the answers first. So they're constantly trying to like perfect the process or like, okay, I want to launch my coaching business, but I want to have my website up first. And I want to have 15 posts planned. And I want to have seven podcast episodes ready. And then once I do all of these things and I've gotten my PhD in social media, then I'll start. (laughs) And it's like all of the things that you want to do, they'll, you'll, you'll figure it out as you go. And half the time I was talking to one of my, my, um, my clients, he used to work in a startup and he was saying, like, I was, we were talking about this topic and he was saying like, it's so true in startups where like it's known in that world that half the time you're going to scrap ideas. And it's true for us as well. So if you can, you can plan it all you want, but honestly, you might start and then change your mind. So why not just go anyway? Like when I did my first like real sick, cause I've been coaching people, even when we did network marketing, I was kind of doing the, that behind the scenes. But when I created my first real like signature program, I, um, I, I had one person go through it and I changed everything. So I love that you're sharing that you kind of just like allowed things to flow because I really think that that's like how people should do it. It's, it's, we, we want to figure out everything first, but it's not going to help. Um, okay. So another, I, I, where are we at on time? Okay. So the, the last kind of question I have with this, because again, another thing I'm like so proud of you for is the things that you're doing with like speaking and whatnot. Like you spoke at the empower her conference, like yay snaps for you. What, started that did you go out and say I want to start speaking so I'm going to start reaching out and doing things did anybody come to you like what what did that process look like because I know I talked to some people that want to do that as well so I'm curious like how that has come to be 
I remember when I was in high school, we're going to go, we're going to go back for a second. And I remember being in the auditorium in high school and just like looking at the stage. And I just had this gut feeling that I was going to speak on stages someday. And I didn't know why I didn't know what I was pretty like relatively shy kid growing up. So I don't know why I ever thought that, that I always just knew. And so when I started to come into the space, even when we were working in health and fitness, I knew stages was like where I wanted to go. I love being on stage. Okay. Like, and again, uncomfortable in groups, but like, if I'm on the stage, awesome. Like, that's great. Put a mic in my hand. I could talk for days. And it, it just kind of started to flow as I started to podcast more and like, I, I'm going to toot my own horn here. Like I'm good at it. I'm good at speaking. I'm good at like being on the mic. It is where I thrive. Don't put me in a networking room though. And I'm going to crumble into a ball and cry, but on a microphone or in a one-on-one session, it's where I really, really do thrive. And so I just always knew that I was going to end up there. And so it, this has all happened really fast, right? Cause it's only been two years started a podcast and then people started to ask me to come on their podcasts and it just really snowballed into speaking on stages and it was my my first like decent sized stage was January of this year and I, I was asked to be a part of it I had gone to the event and then the following year when it happened again they're like hey we want you to come and speak at it that was really freaking cool empower her was the same thing i went to the event the first year and then the second year they asked me to speak on the stage i was like this is really freaking cool i think it's a new theme in my life i'm manifesting i go to an event and then the next year i just get on the stage and all just, the events and so you can yeah. speak all of them And then I started to build like my own stage. So recently we started doing like live podcasting events. So in small groups in a room, myself and a good friend of mine, we would sit with our mics and like, essentially it's like talking in as a podcast, but you're in front of people. So if someone's listening to this and like, I want to do, I want to speak on a stage, you can make your own. You can create small workshops. You can even create virtual workshops. You can do things for other people's communities or talk on podcasts. You can like set your own stage. And then if you want to start doing it in person more, again, like small events will build into big events. The more people you meet, the more connections you'll have, the more stages you can get on. And I really have a big vision for next year to be like at least five stages at a minimum. And I don't know how that's going to happen. I just put it on my vision board and I keep speaking and I keep showing up and I keep doing things and the opportunities will come. If you make space in your calendar for them and also just keep going, like it will happen. I'm in a program now too, that's teaching me how to pitch myself to different stages. So I'm hoping that that'll open more doors, but I didn't have that skill before getting here. Just as like word of mouth and being present. And are you a new girl fan? You watch oh, New Girl, the show? New Girl, I think I've always thought I would like it if I watched it, mm-hmm. but I've never watched it. Because like the clips I see, it seems like it's so my funny. kind of humor, but I've never watched it before. There's one part in it where she wants to hook up with the best man. There's like only one eligible bachelor at this wedding. And the advice from one of her friends was like, just be there. Like when he goes to the bathroom, just be there. When he's getting a drink, just be there. When he goes home at the end of the night, be there. And so Glenn and I, my husband and I make this the joke. It's like, I'm just there. Like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in your DMs. I'm going to, you know, be on your pocket. Like, I'm just going to be there. And then someday you're going to ask me to be on your stage. Like, it's just how it's going to work. So just show your face more, show up on social media more, and it will happen. Yeah. That's also such a projector thing. Cause your job <laughs> no. is literally to wait for the invitation. So it's like a hundred percent. 
you're living totally in your in your design you know what I mean that, that's why podcasting is great for projectors because we're always and I remember Crystal telling me that too where it's like you're just waiting for the invitation so someone listens to your podcast and then they see send you a dm and it's just like the constant cycle of waiting for the invitation yeah I, I that's, that's <laughs> um and I I I think it's so true too with this I mean it's I forget it I always butcher the quote but it's something like luck happens when opportunity meets something I can't forget what the I, or I can't remember what the other thing is but it's something like you know people are like oh this person's so lucky they get to do this and they could do, do that I think it's what uh, luck happens when opportunity and hard work meet or something like that and so it's like we can create the 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 luck by doing the work and also leaving space for the opportunity because like what you're saying about um like the like the just being there, like obviously for projectors, that's definitely more of your thing. But I think that like the more that you put yourself out there and like the networking, I'm a four in my, I'm a four, six Mm. manifester. And so like the network, it's crazy. Like since I moved to Colorado, I've been really embodying that four. like, I'm just meeting people left and right. And it's Mm. crazy. Like every single person I meet, I'm like getting connected with somebody else. Like I want to start making music. Cause I, you know, see me dancing around all the time. I know how to DJ and I've been doing it for seven or eight years, but I'm finally like taking on learning tomorrow's my first like real music lesson. And I'm really excited. And I, I literally met this guy because I met this girl who I met at this other person and met this other, like the, literally the, yeah. the, the path that I found this guy is just absolutely insane. And, and so it's, it's just nuts. And so I think that it's so one, go get your human design reading mm-hmm. so you can figure out what we're talking about too. Yeah. <laughs> like regardless of what you're doing, like so much of it with the action breeds confidence being there, like you can see all of these things that we're talking about are not like we did some magical thing or we like knew someone that knew someone that got us like this opportunity, like that can happen, but it's so much about just putting yourself out there is going to teach you things. You're going to trial and error. You're going to get opportunities, but sitting on your couch saying, you know what you said earlier, mm-hmm. like, oh, it must be nice that the answer will always be no. And you already know where you're going, but like putting yourself out there, even when it's scary as fucking shit, mm-hmm. give you so many opportunities. So hell yeah. Yes. Well, oh and if God. someone's listening to this too, I just want to say, if someone's yeah. listening to this and you're just like, you know what? Like, I don't want to put myself out there because you know, Judy from high school is going to make fun of me or my dad's going to make fun of me or my cousin Sarah is going to make fun of me. Here's the thing. They might say, what makes her so special? Why does she think she's so special? Why her? Blah, blah, blah. They might say those things behind your back or to your face. But if you have a gut feeling, you have this gut instinct that you are special and that you have a message to share and you have a fucking gift, do not let Judy, your dad and Sarah hold you back from stepping into that. Like you are special and like the world needs to see it. So don't let people hold you back and make fun of you. They're going to make fun of you. Okay. It's just going to happen, but you are special. Yeah. What's that quote? Like first they'll ask you why. And then they'll ask. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. And most people aren't paying attention and anybody that is really paying attention is only like people give you that advice. They're like, don't do that. They're not saying that because they think you shouldn't. They're just saying it because they wouldn't. And mm-hmm. we, we, we discover so much more of our, people are constantly waiting to find their purpose and their passion and their message and all these things. But it's again, action that will help you find that. So if you're lacking clarity right now and you feel lost, don't look for it, take action somewhere and you will find it. You're not going to find it by sitting back. 
So no, hell yeah, no, no. Right, well, I know, you know, you have you have to go. So share with the world where people can find you, your podcast, anything that you you know you you have going on right now. Like share share away. Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram at jess.clerk. You can also check out my podcast, Selfish Confidence Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts and send me a message. Connect with me. Even if you're like, hey, what's up? I'll be like, oh, what's up? Um, just connect because that's the best thing about this journey is that you don't have to do it alone. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. And I will put all of the links in the show notes. So cool, thank cool, you so cool. much, Jess. You're amazing. I love so you. you. Yeah, thanks. All right, I will see everybody later. Peace out. XOXO, your tough love coach. Thank you so much for listening to the XOXO, your tough love coach podcast. I appreciate you more than you know. If you loved hanging with me, I'd love for you to share the podcast to your social media or send it to a friend who might need a tough love pep talk. Also, if you need accountability and a community that gets you, I'd love to have you a part of my tough love collective. This is a year open membership to vibe with me, get bi-weekly group calls to get support and ask questions, as well as free access to everything I offer throughout the year, including masterclasses and events. Visit my website at alexisrm.com or DM me on Instagram at the tough love coach to learn more. See you next week.